Hey, it's Sean Fennessy. We've got something special cooking on the Prestige TV podcast. I'll be recapping one of my favorite shows, HBO's Barry, every Sunday night with the writer-director star of the show, the great Bill Hader. We'll talk about the show's wild twists and turns, its special brand of dark comedy, and how it all came together. So on Sunday nights, immediately after a new episode airs, you can hear Bill and I break it all down on the Prestige TV pod. Subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Death Taxes and Bananas podcast. Now listen, I'm into trends, all right? I'm, I'm a trendy guy. I'm a trendsetter. But you know what's in right now? You know what's trendy? Nostalgia. And um, for those who, who don't know, you must have been living under a rock if you didn't know. Um, MTV Paramount Plus has done something amazing for the fans. And that is not only bring back the Challenge All-Stars to get, get some of our favorites, but also bring back the real world. All right. The homecoming episodes. Uh, we're now in our third season of Real World Homecoming with New Orleans. We've already done New York. We've done Los Angeles. And I just felt like today would be a good opportunity to kind of throw it back, to kind of reminisce a little bit, to talk about the real world. The, the, there's a the reason that I am sitting here right now doing this podcast all started on this little island in Key West, Florida, when MTV found me as a diamond in the rough, polished me up into a diamond and uh, let me loose on uh, your television screen. So here we are. I mean, my journey began 15, 16 years ago, but the real world journey began way back in 1992. Nobody would have thought back then that this uh, social experiment was going to turn into the juggernaut that it is today and basically define an entire television genre. So uh, today I am joined by one of my favorite people at The Ringer, Miss Juliet Littman, who not only is she one of the you know top producers there, she, has, she does her own podcast. She also is believe it or not, more well-versed in reality television and the real world and the challenge than even I am. So I figured what better person to come on to really be able to, you know, help me uh, break down uh, this amazing franchise and just reality television in general. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I bring you this episode of the Death Taxes and Bananas podcast, uh, where we're talking everything real world. Today, we are throwing it back on the occasion of the return of Real World Homecoming on Paramount+. Plus. They are currently doing the New Orleans season, and I just want to talk about the real world 
as a cultural institution and what it means. And so my guest today is the one and the only John DeVinanzio, who you may know as Johnny Bananas. But we're talking to John. John, welcome. Thanks for having me. You know, Juliet, besides you, I think the only people who still refer to me as John is like my dad, my mom, <laughs> some really close friends from like back in the day. But the majority of the people, it's like it used to sound weird when I started referring to myself as Johnny because I grew up as John. Now it actually is the exact right. opposite. Now it, it's actually if I hear John, it's because I'm in, in, in trouble for something. John, you went on the real world. You were in the Key West season, the Hurricane Katrina mm-hmm. season, 2005. Um, what was it? How old were you when you were 23? The real world. So, you very few people go from like John to Johnny after the age of like six months. Yeah. So, what was it? What was, what was that, that transition like? like? You your, yeah, that's it's pretty weird, honestly. Well, it happened. It, okay, so there it was actually a slow transition, it wasn't like it happened one day. Okay, mm-hmm. it was, I just knew. So when I moved to New York, when I was 18 years old, um, I got a job at a mall called Roosevelt Field. So anyone's familiar with Long Island and New York knows Roosevelt Fields. Didn't you go to Penn State? I did. I went to Penn State. What were you doing in New York? My, so my dad actually was stationed, my dad was in the military. So he was actually stationed at Fort Totten, which was in Queens. And and then it just so happens that the officer's quarters where all the military guys lived, uh, were basically on the campus of Nassau because Nassau used to be a military post. So anyways, my first job I got once I moved out there was at Banana Republic. Oh, wow. Um, So my best friend to this day, John Healy, different John, worked at, uh, (laughs) worked at Kenneth Cole. Cool. Right. So Within our circle of friends, once I got like ingratiated into this retail group of dudes, it couldn't be too John. Like there was already like two Johnnies in the group, or so I became Johnny Bananas to distinguish me aside from because you the other at Johns, Banana Republic, Banana Republic. Wow, that's amazing. So, I thought it because like you were a nutcase or something. Well, that's why I fit. I mean, it's just it's just it all <laughs> it all worked. Um, uh, so I was actually my first the real world season, but I knew going on the real world, I was like, I don't want to just be John, mm. right? I don't want to get lost in the mix. I thought from from a very early time, this before social media, I'm like, I'm gonna brand myself. So I went on as Johnny Bananas, which I was, you know, people would call me bananas, that sort of thing. But 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 for the first few seasons, uh, well, for the real world and the first few seasons of the challenge, I was just John, and then the transition was then to Johnny, and then now it's bananas. Right. It's like, you don't even have a last name. It's just bananas. In fact, I had to ask you in practice how to say your last name, Devananzio, several yeah. times. And I'm like, yeah. I, I consider you a friend and I didn't know how to say your last name. I hope you consider me one too. I do. And I know your last <laughs> name, Littman. Um, <laughs> Thank you. It's all right. But listen, it's a mouthful. I get it. It's funny. I'll get on, I'll be on the phone with, you know, I, people always try and pronounce it, you know, and it like I'll call American Airlines and the person on the, on the, on the phone or I'll, customer service and it's like they want it they're like mister and i'm like you can just call me johnny it's fine don't even try it with the last name it ain't gonna happen so bananas just uh just rolls off the tongue easier um so you're here we're talking about real world like i said real world homecoming new orleans currently on paramount plus quite good check it out if you haven't watched it um i just like i feel like you are known as this challenge god challenge all-star Although you haven't been on Challenge All-Stars, you're still in, in the mix for regular Challenge, I hope, that you haven't been on for a while. But I really want to talk about the real-world experience yeah, and like yeah. what that meant. And I feel like it's just like overlooked. You and Svetlana, like we haven't talked about that in so long. So why did you go, why did you go on the show? 
All right. So unlike a lot of people who were big fans of the real world, you know, growing up, I didn't I didn't have cable growing up. Right. I mean, I wasn't even allowed to watch The Simpsons. My mom thought that was too, you know, risque. So, so what did you, you do as a kid? Just like I just got out? into trouble. I just I just played outside like I was a, I was a rambunctious, mischievous child. And I think I was able to then take those personality traits and qualities and make my dad still to this day makes fun of me for it. He goes, you, you managed to take this mischievous nature that you had growing up, getting, you know, going to the principal's office and getting, you know, bad marks in your report card and harassing people, whatever. And you've taken that and you've made a, a career out of it. But so I didn't really, I wasn't introduced to the real world or even to MTV for that matter. I, the only time I'd watch MTV, I'd go to some friends' houses and they'd like have music videos on. That was the uh -huh. other Beavis and Butthead. My friend Rob down the street, his parents, they had him. So we would go and watch Beavis and Butthead. So that's like what I watched on MTV. Um, and then I, it wasn't until I got to college um, that, you know, the apartment I lived in had cable. And this girl I actually had a crush on. This is the, this is when the real world real world Philadelphia was the first season. Oh I watched. sure, Lando, yeah. La Landon, obviously, Lando Car Car Commando, yeah, Caramo, Willie from Philly, yeah. Willie from Philly, who was also on uh, Ghost Rider, which I watched as a child. I yep. mean, that was a, that was a good season. It was a great season, and yeah. and again, so this girl that I you know was talking to at the time. I was always trying to find like ways, like I was like, oh, let's hang out. She's like, okay, you come over, come over to my apartment on whatever Wednesday. And I'd show up and it would be all, her and all of her friends sitting on couches, like with Snuggies on, eating popcorn and watching whatever the fuck this show was. And I'd, I'd come in, they'd be like, stop, stop, stop. We're watching this. And I'd be like, what? And I didn't get it at first. I'm like, what, what are these people doing? They're just sitting around talking and hanging out. Like, what's the point of the show? And they're like, it's just them living. And I'm like, okay. So I didn't get it at first. And then I started <laughs> watching a few episodes. And I guess what really resonated with me was the MJ and Landon relationship. They sure. were like these two like kind of all-American, kind of like jockey, frat boy yeah. type guys. And they go I out. Think, and I think they MJ drink. played football in college, if I recall correctly. Vanderbilt, yeah. Yes. Even though he claims to not know who I am. Um, he does? Yeah. Yeah. Recent, even though we've met like 10 times, he on, he did a recent episode of uh, on the All Stars podcast. And he's like, yeah, this Johnny Bananas guy, you know, apparently he's the best on the challenge. I'm like, MJ, we've met before, dude. Relax. That's insane. That is so rude. You have to get yeah. him on debt taxes and bananas. I'm going to. I'm going to. I, need, I have some questions about what the yeah. fourth step was on this final challenge. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So I was watching these guys like. It's like they, they're living in downtown Philadelphia. They're going out to bars. They're hanging out. They're picking up chicks. They're going back. They're they're drunk. They're arguing with people. They're just living the life. I'm like, wait a minute. This is what I do. I'm in college at the time. It's like, this is what I do for a living. Or mm -hmm. this is what I'm currently doing in my <laughs> life too. Not a living. But and I'm like, so I could actually go on TV and, you know. Keep Make doing a it. name for myself doing this. Where do I sign up? So that's kind of where it all. It's kind of where it all. Wow. Started. And yeah. so, what was the casting process like? Like, what were the questions was, they asked you, dude? Okay, so this is you got you got to remember this was two thousand and five. So this is pre social media. This sure. Is pre, this is when cell phones were still in their infancy. Like, you probably didn't have Facebook yet. I did. No, no, no. I didn't have Facebook. I had um Insta AIM. That's when like yeah. instant and messenger. Maybe like MySpace or something. MySpace I got right after college. 
So I actually had a friend of mine, John Healy, the one that gave me the nickname Bananas because he was a finance guy. He (laughs) sat on his computer all day. I had him run my MySpace. Funny story. I know this is way off track. He actually met his current wife on my MySpace page. Wow. (laughs) Pretending to be me. That's really funny. Okay, carry on. So this is like infancy cell phones. Like the smartphone didn't exist. It was just like tech. It was literally just text messaging. It was like the T3. We had to type three times for an A or whatever. But- I saw like a little blurb when I was watching the real world and it said, if you want to be cast on the next season, go to this website and fill out a whatever form. So I filled it out. And like a week later, I get this manila envelope in the mail that was like thick. I mean, thick. This thing was probably like 60 pages long. And I remember taking it out and like flipping through the pages. And it was like a straight up, like this is harder than any, this is probably harder than any project I ever worked on in my four years of college. Okay. (laughs) So the first step was to fill this thing out. And it was like a legit psychological profile. Like this is like, tell us about your relationship with your parents. Tell us if your dad was a good person. Is your mom a good person? Do you have a sore spot on the top of your head? Have you ever had thoughts of harming yourself or harming somebody else? Or like, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what do you do in your personal time? Do you like mechanics magazines? And then it was like, draw a self-portrait of yourself. So it's like this long, like, wow. Yeah, draw so self portrait. That's that's intense. I wouldn't be able to do that. I'd be like, I'm out. Sorry, I yeah. can't go to the real world. <laughs> so I sent this. Uh, I filled it out, sent it in, and it's like, all right, yep. If we like you, you'll hear back from us from, in two weeks. If you don't hear from us, you're you're not making it past that. So then, I got a thing back, and the next step was for me to film an audition video. So I had to like rent a camera from the. It was like one of those big handy cams. I had to rent a camera from like the IT. Uh, store on campus, filmed myself. I dressed up as Bam Bam from the Flintstones and whacked my roommate in the nuts and caught a Frisbee dressed like Scooby-Doo. Um, and then, yeah, and then that was, <laughs> I made it through that process. Then I did an on-camera interview, which was I set up that same handy cam, had the phone on speakerphone and recorded myself doing this interview. Then I sent that tape in. Then I did an in-person interview in Washington, D.C. Then I did my final in-person interview at the Buna Murray studio in Burbank. And yeah, then, Bur- I think Van Nuys, actually. I think Van Nuys. Van. It's Van Burbank Nuys. now, yeah. Uh, that yeah, was, gotcha. Van, yeah, it was Van Nuys back in the day. And then, uh, and then after that, I mean, I basically had a chat at that point. And every, every step of the process, every interview process I'd make it to, they'd be like, all right, it's whittled down to this many. All right, now there's this many. And I remember being in LA for the last one and they're like, yeah, you're like one of nine remaining from 200,000 in the beginning. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is so many applicants. I think they would be happy if like 200,000 people watched the show on Paramount Plus. I'm not joking. Like that would be a, like a decent return. It was different. It, listen, it, reality TV back in the day, man, we were we were a commodity. It's not yeah. like it is today where this market is so oversaturated and everything is reality TV and everyone is on reality TV. It used to be like, I remember when I first went, I remember my roommates, guys, they were like, dude, you've made it. Like, you're fucking famous now. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of crazy. I'm never going to have to work again. Also, the seasons were much longer. The challenge is still a long show. But in general, like these shows are now like 12 weeks long. But when you were on The Real World, you were on TV every week for six months. Like that's a a really long time. So how long were you actually in the house? Four months. That's That's longer than I think they would shoot for now, too. Well... Four months we were supposed to be there, but then we had all the hurricanes. And, right. Yeah. So we were out of the house for a lot of right. the time. We got gypped, man. I'm not going to lie. Like 
I was so excited because, again, before I went on, I watched all these other seasons. It was like New York, Los Angeles, Miami, Las Vegas. And where are we going? Key West. I'm like, what? Where's Key, Key West? West? Cool. Not in August. Dude, <laughs> that is not where you want to be. In, you do not want to be anywhere in Florida mid to late summer. Yeah, you're a Californian. You probably don't handle humidity well. No, dude. And that's the thing is like, I've been to Key West one time prior to that and it was in March. So it was like over spring break. It was sick. And there was like people doing shots out of an ice luge in the middle of Duval Street and like half naked people running around. I'm, I'm like, this is going to be badass. And then we get there and the town is desolate. We are by far the youngest people there. Our house wasn't even in Key West. It was in a town called Key Haven, which was like 25 minutes outside of downtown Key West. And everybody there was like old fishermen and like pirate hookers, dude. I'm like, I don't, I'm like, dude, this is. <laughs> that sounds fun. That sounds like a good place for no. first look to go. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Perfect. At that time um, of year. Yeah, exactly. So you know, you said you watched old seasons like to prepare. First of all, how did you get your hands on them? Like in 2005, you didn't have streaming. Like how did you watch old seasons? Um, the internet. I mean, there was, uh, you know, yeah. clips on the internet. I wasn't watching full sure. seasons. But that's when DVDs. We actually, I actually requested some, uh, some DVDs and they sent me some of old seasons. So I, you know, I got those, but. So like, which ones did you watch before? Like Austin. I'm curious. Okay, so the, that was a good one with Danny and Melinda and Wes yep. and obviously all that. Okay, um, Nehemiah. New York, so obviously the first one. Okay. Um, San Diego, uh, Philadelphia, obviously, Las Vegas. Mm. Um, so you watched a lot of classics. And so like, yeah. did you have like icons in mind when you were yeah. like, I'm going to go in and be Johnny Bananas? Like, who were your icons? The Miz. Mm. Um, of course. Mark, Mark Long, even though he He's was on. Still he your was, friend. He, He's still my friend, but he was on, he was actually on, on road rules, not road rules. Road. But that's the thing is, I, so I started watching the real world, obviously, but I also, one of the reasons I wanted to do the real world, cause I wanted to go on the challenge. So I watched a lot of like challenge guys too. But, um, I mean, you know, it's funny story, CT, uh, I, I watched part of Paris. I didn't watch the whole season, but when I was going through the casting process at Penn state, CT did a bar appearance at a bar on my campus called Crowbar. All right. And I remember I was on the bus going to class and I took out the whatever the blue and white, I think it's like the blue and white, whatever the, whatever the campus newspaper is. And okay. I remember seeing a little blurb and it said, you know, Chris Tamburillo from Real World Paris will be doing an appearance here. And I remember reading that and I'm going through the Real World casting process. And I was like, how crazy would it be if like a year from now or however long, if I end up making it on the show a year from now, I'm in this paper doing an appearance. Lo and behold, about a year later after the show, because bar appearance were big back in the days, I got booked at the same place. So you know, it's so. it's funny you say the bar appearances are big. The like the main drama on Real World New Orleans right now is or the homecoming season. Is that Julie tried to like basically steal appearances from both Danny and Melissa, but it's actually really upsetting. She, Dan, as you may recall, I don't know if you watched that season, but Danny was gay. And was one of the most high profile like gay men at the time. And she wrote like a letter saying he was like a bad homosexual to like get him like kicked out of this like mentoring job. And then she and Melissa were really close. And she like wrote some letter assassinating Melissa's character to like get a bar appearance from her because she was saying that was the only way she was making money back in 2000. 
Wait, and what, so, what, what what constitutes being a bad homosexual? I mean, you're just a bad well, person. She, she was Mormon, so okay. It was like t- it Got was it. a religious thing, and it's you know Danny's like really fascinating on on Homecoming. But is this Dan Ren- Dan Renzi? No, Different it's Dan. Um, All right. I forget his last name, but I was on his Instagram this morning checking him out. But he, uh, I'll tell you right now. Ooh, it- I want to go on his Instagram and check him out. If he's a- <laughs> If he's a bad gay, I want to see who this guy he's is. He's not at sounds all. Sounds dangerous. Like, sounds that's dangerous. The point. <laughs> sounds he's fascinating. Def- he's not. Anyway, I think his name is Danny Reynolds, actually. Okay. Um, anyway, whatever. But so the bar appearance thing really resonates because she was saying that was like her the only way she made money. And so she it was, was. Like, we trying got to appearances. We got paid off the real on the real world. Yes. $350 a week. Oh my God. Call and they called it story rights. So you made jack shit on the show. The show was, it was more like you're going to go on. And then after your season's over, if you were a notable character, then you will be booked to do this bar appearance circuit. I had no idea the insanity that ensued. Literally, Juliet, I'm telling you 20 to 23 days out of the month, different bar, different state, different city, different crowd hammered. Like, three weeks out of the month, like every day. And it would be like, you'd go from here to, you know, Montana to Biloxi, Mississippi to, to Buffalo. I remember this is like pre crazy TSA times. Like when you could still, I would, I literally would be traveling around with $20,000 in twenties and stacks of twenties. Cause you get paid like between a thousand and $2,000 in appearance. I do so many of these when I would have it, when, when the bar owner would hand me a stack of twenties, I could tell just by the thickness if he, if it was short or not, I'd be like, <laughs> eh, yeah, we're good. And this is, dude, That's I'd come crazy. home and like dump out my bag and it would just be like cash all over the place. So, I mean, you were making a tremendous amount. I mean, I was making, you know, yeah, like dude, 20, 30 grand a month, just doing bar appearances. Now I probably put at least that amount of damage on my liver. Um, but yeah, back in the day, it was, dude, it was the wild west, man. And like I said, since there were so few reality television cast members, you know, there we were a lot commodity. of, avail- a lot, yes. yeah, a lot of, avail- and also I think that you, one thing you've done really impressively is obviously your saying power. I mean, we're talking about a show that's 17 years old and you're still out here, you know, make, making money as Johnny bananas. I, I think at the time you had to capitalize, right? Because a new cast came in and you were like old news. Absolutely. And that's, and that's again, why it was important to prolong. That's, that's your why Julie career. had to, had to assassinate the characters of two of her roommates and, and good friends. Seriously, watch the show. But it, what was even worse than that is when cast members would, would, cause there are certain cast members who weren't popular, right? And they would do a bar appearance for like $50 in a bar tab. And then that hurt the market because then it's like my, my manager would go to a bar and be like, yeah, you can have bananas for 1500 bucks. They're like, well, why? I just had, you know, whoever here last week for 50 and a bar. So it it would like, so there was a lot of that. I don't, I never called any places and like tried to like ruin other <laughs> cast members, but I could see how that could be a thing. Um, one thing people say about being on reality TV is like you get to the, get used to the cameras really quickly. I, I yeah. think your, your challenge experience, at least to me as a viewer, and I always felt that you were acutely aware of the cameras because you were, you know, um, to a certain extent playing a role as Johnny Ben is on the challenge. But on the real world, when you were still John and still getting used to it, what was it initially like having being filmed all the time? The weirdest, the weirdest experience of my entire. I remember 
Well, first of all, the first time it like actually hit me like what was going on was we we got stuck in hotels because of Hurricane Katrina. So we didn't start filming for right. about a week after we were supposed to. And I remember the first time the camera was actually in my face. Me and Janelle were the first two that met. We got on a golf cart, rode to like this little port and hopped in a boat. And I remember this dude, like cause these cameramen take their jobs very seriously. They like dress in like paramilitary gear, right? Black camo. They've got like the- <laughs> and you're, you're not allowed to talk to them, right? No. And they've got like this like vest on that has normally you'd put like, I don't know, grenades and, 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 and magazines for your weapons. These guys have like tape cassettes and microphones and batteries. But I remember this guy jumping in me and Janelle sit down on the boat and this dude, like a ninja just like jumps in. He's got like knee pads and like military camouflage on. And it's just this camera like in your face. And you're like, Oh my God, like, is this really happening? And you can't talk to them. You're like, hey, man, what's up? What's your name? Like, just blank, blank stare. <laughs> so that was the first time I was like, this is crazy. And then it's like trying to act normal. And then... Is it like that on the challenge, too? You can't talk to the to the people? Yeah, the, the fourth wall is a little more broken down. You, we see you directing camera people on the challenge. Yeah, You're like, get all the that, time. get that, yeah. All the time. I'm like, a, I'm like an embedded producer. Um, yeah. That's why they love me. But then I remember the first morning waking up in Key West because we have, obviously, like, camera. Like, there's mm -hmm. cameras on all the walls and, like, whatever. And I remember waking up that first morning and I almost had an anxiety, like I almost had a panic attack, like an anxiety attack. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to go down. Like, this is my life right now. Like everything that I do is going to be documented and there's going to be people following me around. And when I go downstairs right now to like make breakfast or if I go to like, I don't know, pee or if I want to walk outside, like everywhere I go, every move that I make now is going to be filmed and going to be documented. And it was, it was a crazy, it was very, it was, it took so while to get used to it, but I'll say what was even weirder than that was the first time I saw myself. I remember we all watched the first episode in Key West. You were still filming when it shot, when it, when it aired? No, or no, no, no. Uh -oh. no. So after we wrapped, we had a wrap got party it. and we got to got watch it. the first episode. And it was like, the only way I can explain it is like, it was like, I was watching a ghost. It was, I was, it was me, but I'm like, oh my God. It's, have you ever watched baby videos and you forget, you look at it, you're like, oh my God, that's me. Like, I, yeah. You're like, how can that be? Like, it's like, a, it's like an out of body experience. You're just like, how is that creature myself or whatever? <laughs> Pretty much. So I'm watching myself and I'm just like, wow, dude. So, um, yeah, but you get used to it pretty quick. You, 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 you kind of, you adapt and adjust to the, to the cameras being up your ass pretty quick. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. 
When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Let me back up. I just don't talk about you and your Key West cast. Do you obviously you still talk to Tyler? I know that mm-hmm. because I, uh, Tyler once came to a party at Bill's house with you. So <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Bill, I, I remember Bill after goes, Hey, man, next time, can you tell Tyler to sweat a little more? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Tyler. He was really lovely, though. I liked him a lot. So I know He's you still talk to Tyler. Yeah. When you had Janelle on the pod, you clearly were very friendly. So I know yep. that you still talk to her as well. Mm-hmm. Who else from Key West do you still talk to? Um, Zach, me and Zach talk uh, occasionally. I actually went, um, him and his wife bought this beautiful house in, um, Marina Del Rey. So I went, oh, I, nice. I, I think, uh, b- before COVID, obviously, uh, we, I went there for 4th of July. So I still talk to Zach, um, quite often, uh, Paula, she, you know, right. every now and then, I mean, we don't talk the way that we used to. I think there might, I mean, she, you know, she started a family she's got kids. I think there still might be a little residual, uh, you know, animosity left over from the island too, unfortunately there. Jose, no clue. I mean, I haven't spoken to Jose since I think the day that we left Key West wow. and um, Svetlana. I mean, I haven't seen her in years. Um, she did a few challenges. She was she good. Did, yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. Uh, yeah, she did a couple of challenges and then and then kind of just like fell off the face of the uh, of the reality television planet. So good for her. I yeah. mean, good for you too. I'm just del- I'm delighted to have enjoyed 17 years of Johnny Bananas, but also like, <laughs> Some people do need to just like rip the bandaid off and move on. And I, I respect that too. So I do good, too. Good for her. I, I do too. Yeah. Some people just aren't, uh, you know, you know what it is, is there's so many, there's so many pitfalls. Um, there's so much like temptation out there that I think some people just, if it, it, you know, let it go. Some people let it get the best of them. And again, I think that some people have the willpower and the ability to kind of like, you know, de- dabble, but not completely go in, you know, head first. Uh, and then there's other people that just completely lose themselves. And and uh, we've seen that happen a few times over the, over the years with cast members. Not everyone worked at Banana Republic, you know? Um, That's a good point. <laughs> aside from your um, anim- the sort of like leftover animosity between you and Paula, what would be the, like, what would be the biggest skeleton that you would have to readdress if you were to reunite with your cast? And also, has that been discussed? Yeah. Um, we actually, and believe it or not, we actually were in discussions with uh Buna Murray about doing a homecoming season for our show. Uh unfortunately, one of our cast members is holding out and doesn't want to do it, um, which is kind of annoying. Um so you would want to do it. Hell yeah. Go back, dude. I haven't been back to Key West since. Go back and like experience watching You're in the Florida new- all the time. I follow you on Instagram. You could just go. But not Key West, but you know, I wouldn't be back in the house. Like, so sure. I remember watching. So I watched the New York season, right? The homecoming New York. And I remember like seeing all the roommates back together in this loft that they were in 
yeah. what, thir- 30 years ago? Like, how long ago was that? Long it was 30 time. years. 92. It was 92. Yeah. yeah. And them just all simultaneously having the same reaction, which is like, oh my God, I can't believe I am back here with the same people. Right. That resonated with me because I was like, I was almost like putting myself in their position and being like, how crazy would that be? Being back in the house where it all started with the same people, but just, you know, what, 20, 15 years later. Um, so that on alone would, would be cool. But I think one of the, one of the things that I have always regretted was the way Svetlana came in she was the youngest one in the house by far, mm-hmm. right? She was under 21, I think, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, she couldn't even she couldn't even really drink legally. She'd go to the bars with us, but she wasn't supposed to be drinking. She was so so young, so sheltered, so naive, and I feel like me, Janelle and Tyler being the older ones, kind of the more louder like outspoken ones in the house, almost like kind of banded together. And instead of being like patient and tolerant with her and almost like trying to like teach her it was like we almost got annoyed with her. Like she was like this annoying little sister. And we were, yeah. it, it kind of came off as like mean. Now I wasn't as mean to her. I mean, Tyler really like he yeah. was having no part of it. And I think that would be one of the things that I would like to address. And 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 if there was one thing that I could take back and change, it was instead of again treating her like a younger sibling and being mean, almost acting more like an older sibling and helping kind of, you know ingratiate her into this world because again she lived a very sheltered existence like she grew up um in you know she's ukrainian her parents you know are are first generation so she grew up in this very sheltered this kind of this bubble um and never got out of that until she went on on you know the real world and we had all already lived lives and had these other you know these kind of crazy experiences we were a lot more you know experienced culture yeah so um, that would be one of the things. Um, again, me and Paula, like we butted heads all the time. Uh, I think a lot of that, though, had to do with just skeletons and demons. We were both fighting at the time. I think we're both in different places now. So being able to kind of resolve that, I think, would be huge as well. Um, so but yeah, but other than that, it would just be about going back and just, you know, getting hopefully getting like the real Key West experience because we got sure. gypped, man. We got gypped. Yeah. 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 You- What's something about being on the real world that's like so unlike the challenge that the new people who come on the show like will never understand? Because I I do I as a fan of the challenge, I miss the real world feeder season feeder system, and I also miss road rules. And there was something about it that is just really different than all yeah. the other reality shows. And I and like having lived through it, I'm curious to, for like what you think it is. So part of it was, and I know this is never going to be replicated because social media is here and it's here to stay, but like we went on and so because social media didn't exist, it was like, yeah, I want to go on. I want to be on TV. But it was like, since you weren't constantly inundated with like, you know, people and there wasn't as much like cast member competition, it was like people went on and I feel like they were a much more authentic version of themselves. Because mm-hmm. the whole connection between television and followers or fame or notoriety, like that, that, that connection hadn't really been made yet. And there was, so there was enough people that went on the show strictly for just wanting to go on the show and have this experience, not 
to, to, to create a following. So I think there's that, but then also the fact that we were on for such a long time, we came onto the challenge already with an established character, an established right. fan base. We didn't have to come on and be like, let me fucking be this clown and let me be this over the top eccentric in your face, annoying, obnoxious version of myself because like, I want to make a name for myself or I want to get, you know, TV time. Um, and it used to be like that. And I say that, now I feel like a lot of cast members come on and they try and like shortcut the system. So instead sure. of like creating their own narrative, their own character, their own storyline, they know the best way, the, like the cheat code is to start beef with someone who's already established and get notoriety and get a storyline and get fame that way. That didn't happen. My first season of the challenge, I came on and I was like, I'm looking at these guys in the house you know, it was like Brad and Kenny and Evan and Derek and CT. And I mean, all these like giants from the show. And I'm like, dude, I just want to like be a part of these guys. Like, I just want to like earn my way in instead of now guys come on and they're like, oh, there's bananas or those there's CT. Let me like start beef with this guy. And that's like the best way to get a storyline. So I think that that's kind of changed. I think like the authenticity of, you know, the people who are on and because again, there's so much more competition now. And there's so many people that so desperately want to be on the challenge. Um, it's not like it used to be before. It used to be like, a, it used to be a club, man. It used to be like yeah. this, this little click, this little club. Like you had to be an exclusive member to be in it. Now it's just like, are you, do you want to get drunk and hook up? Or are you good looking? Perfect. Your cat. Did you go on Survivor Romania? Are you available? Yeah. So <laughs> Warsaw Shore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, hey, he was an important part of the challenge. So Gabba? <laughs> Yeah, Gabba. Yeah? Oh, I, 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 I don't know what like, we would have done without him. I mean, yeah, I just didn't someone hook up with Gabbo? I don't know. I don't I don't remember. I think so. Who knows, man? All, I, all, that, all of those are just blending together. Yeah. What was it like for your family to see you on TV the first time? I feel like, you know, everyone's supposed to be so jaded, but like this was a wild thing back then. They actually came on. My whole family actually came on an episode. Did they come to visit? I don't remember. Yeah, they came to visit. We, we did this like excursion. We went on a boat. We went on like the sunset boat. Like it was really cool. Um, they here's the thing. At that at that point in time, my parents were both like, they were both kind of like, all right, we know that you're gonna do whatever you want to do, regardless of what we have to say. So it's like kind of like, what's the path of least resistance here? If this is the way that you want to like spend your life or is this the, if this is the career path you want to pursue, then so be it. My mom's always been a lot more, um, my mom was a hippie, right? So my mom's always been a lot more kind of like free spirited and just accepting of my crazy, uh, eccentricities than my, than my dad's been. My dad's much more like he was, you know, he's a military guy. So military Italian, you know, uh, very like in, in a box, everything has sure. to like make sense. Everything has to, you know, you need to get a job where you're going to have health insurance and you're going to, you know, have a 401k and you're going to have a nine to five. And I'm just like, that's not really my, 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 my track. So, but them coming out, I mean, it was great. And I think that they were both, they loved it. Um, and it took a while for my dad to come around to really accept the fact that it's like, yeah, this is something I'm going to do for like the foreseeable future and hopefully make mm -hmm. a career out of. Took him a while to come around. Like, why did we get you a college degree again? Um, <laughs> Great question. <laughs> yeah. when, when are you going to use this diploma we got you from Penn State? Um, so, yeah, but they were always they, they, they were cool. And then especially when my dad started getting when we'd be out in public and, and I was getting noticed. That's when my dad's like, well, this is actually a thing. Now I go back. I just visited my dad last week. We li literally went around town. We did a whole 
We went around all his little favorite places, Big Tom's, his favorite restaurant, the gym, the post office. He lives in uh, Central Florida. All those people he's been telling about me about. And it's like he can't wait to like introduce me to all his friends and like and they love it. That's really sweet. That's adorable. I love that's cute. So what was it like when you left the show? Like I, I, I like I always like to ask people now, like, what do you check on your phone when you get off your show? Like, what's the first thing you do? But like the day you leave real world, like, where do you go? And like, what did you do? Dude, I, I, California. yeah, we, we had our, we had our, uh, we had our rap party. And I remember at the rap party, it was the first time we were actually able to talk to production. And it was just so crazy. Like these people who've been robots for the last four nights, it's like now we're four months. We're actually allowed to like have conversations with them. And I remember asking one of the producers, Mark Saliga, I was like, dude, what, what are the odds of me possibly going on a challenge? And he's like, yeah, there's a good, there's a good chance you might be on one. Here we are (laughs) 20 seasons later, but, um, no, I just flew home. I, I, I literally just, um, hopped on a plane, flew back to California and it wasn't until the show came out. And and this was the crazy thing is because you go back and it's like, you've just had this crazy experience and you feel like you've changed, but then it's like nobody, everybody else still sees you the same until that premiere and until that show airs and you go from overnight being an anonymous face in the crowd to literally not being able to walk into a grocery store without being like mobbed by people or people follow you into the bathroom. It's like you, you it's overnight. It's literally right. like an overnight change in everything. And um, it took a little while to adjust to, but now it's just, it's just part. It's just, I'm just, it's just part of the territory now. Like, Oh, you'll be yeah. out. People. That's what's so annoying. People will come up and they'll be like, Oh man, like listen, I don't want to inflate your ego, but I'm like, listen, I've been doing this for 15 years. You're like, years. my ego's already very inflated. Thank you, you very I, much. This hat doesn't even <laughs> fit anymore, buddy. No, but it's like the novelty <laughs> of being note, like being recognized has worn off. So now it's just all about like, what's this conversation going to entail? Like, can we just, can you not ask me the same cliche questions that everybody else does? And can we just like, you know, make this, make this snappy. Um, did you continue to watch the real world after you were on it? Obviously, you were on the challenge, so it was like a way to like get to know people. But like, what did the show mean to you in your life after having lived through it? I mostly watched it just to see because then I started doing the challenges. Obviously, um, I mostly was watching the real world after that to see like who the potential new crop of newbies were going to be and if I was going to get along with them or or not. Um, but yeah, I watched for a little bit. But it, but I feel like after Key West. There was a there was a there was a few good seasons, but I feel like once they went from the uh, half hour long format to the hour long format, I yeah. I really feel like that was the beginning of the end for for the real world because again, fans had half the amount of time to get to know people that they did before. Like you said, I was on TV for six months, so I mean, people yeah. really got an opportunity to, to 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 get to know you, and and um, I think that that changed quite a bit but um yeah i kept watching i remember denver was the, the season right after us that was um, a very good one jen two ends she was a yep. challenge legend yeah jen and then uh vegas was was right after that you know with leroy and 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 Nani it was actually and, several years later but okay several years later well that was the next <laughs> one that i actually like watched religiously um, that was a that was a really really good one season. i was ve- very invested in the relationship of dustin and heather yes um, oh man I, I don't even know why, but I I was for whatever reason. So yeah, I mean that's dude relationships on those shows, dude. Danny and Melinda off of Austin. Oh my god, we do bar appearances like you know in the same area. There would be literally a line around the block to see to take a picture with these two. Like they were like 
They were like, uh, yeah, like like a like a. It was like a celebrity couple, dude. It was crazy, man. People, Danny and Melinda. I mean, people care about celebrity couples. I mean, as, yeah. you know, it's it drives a lot of reality TV relationships and keeps them going for longer. First of all, they can make more money together than they can separately, like a part of their appearances. So I, I mean, I I completely get it, but. Um, yeah, the those couples I I used to really care a lot about. And like, what do you what do you from the comments people make to you? Like, why do you think it became the show became such a big deal? Like, because as you said, when you first encountered it with the with the girls watching it when you were in college or whatever, like you thought it was weird. And so, like, what do you think people latch on to? And like, why did it become such a phenomenon? And I'll just say, by the way, I've I've literally seen every season, and like, I loved it. I watched it to the very end. So I think there's a few things. I think one. And again, I think this is kind of like one of the mistakes they made in later seasons. But I feel like the way that they cast the show is I feel like they cast a very the, the characters they cast while they appealed to certain segments of the population. It was a very broad net, like everybody could turn on the real world and they can find somebody that they related to someone that they disliked because they probably had similar worldviews or political views or just whatever views is like a different person in the house. So I feel like everyone was able to connect to certain people in the house like me. Like when I started watching Philadelphia, it's like, I looked, I watched Landon and MJ and I'm like, that's what I do. Like these, like these are guys I'd hang out with. You know what I mean? Um, but then it was also like, I think just by nature, we as human beings are very like voyeuristic. Right. And we yeah, love, absolutely. love to watch like, what people, especially when they're going through tough times or especially when there's drama or especially when people are buttonheads or whatever. And I think like that's another big part of it is it was like the first time that we were able to see people living their real lives. And we got to almost like be a fly on the wall and, you know, just kind of like watch the good, the bad and, and the ugly aspects of that. Because the other shows on at the time, Big Big Brother was kind of like that, but Big Brother was a lot more like corny, like game showy, you know. Yeah. And Survivor again, it was like a game show. Whereas the real world, it was like it felt like. I mean, you're 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 watching along for the ride. Yeah. Real life people dealing with real life problems. Um, it was always about like whatever the trending topics in society were at the time. There was, and they would cast people so they would make sure that there was conflict. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's what people that's what people tune in to see. Do people same reason people watch TMZ? The same people read OK Magazine or Us Weekly. It's like not one of the good things that are happening. It's like oh man, what like what salacious seedy, uh, you know, storylines are, are, are taking place right now. And that's what, you know, the hookups and the drama, man. I and mean, that's what makes the world, that's what makes the world turn. What do you think of as the most iconic season? Like to you as a, as someone who's been on it, taking your own season out of it, of course. Yeah. Um, so I'd have to say, that it's hard to pick one. I'd have to say either New York one, just Number because one, that yeah. was the original season when these people truly had no fucking clue what they were getting themselves in and what this was going to be. Nobody did. It was an experiment at the time. And I think that was the first season that was the most authentic season ever because even after that, once that blew up, it was like even the next season coming in, it was like, oh yeah, we know who the these other people were. I mean, they were A-list celebrities. Eric Nice was dating Pamela Anderson at the time. Like, Dude, red so carpets, crazy. he hosted the grind. <laughs> like this was like back in the day, the real world was th th like bigger than anything. Um, I'd have to say uh, Pedro's season 
only because that was San, that was Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Number three. Only because again, that dealt with that was the first time you'd heard about you know the AIDS pandemic, and you'd heard about, and this was back in the day when it was like still like homosexuality was 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 you know, almost like taboo, a taboo topic to talk about. There was don't ask, don't tell in the military, you know, you even, and the fact that it was for the first time brought into the forefront and not by an actor, not in a movie by like a real life human being. And then the conflict within the house, like I was saying before, there's different cast members resonate with different people. There was Puck who was like the antithesis or like the, 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 the antagonist. And then there was like Pedro. So it was like watching that dynamic and watching how that played out. And, you know, that whole, all the, 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 the salacious things that went behind that. And then going through his journey, like after he was contracted AIDS, I mean, AIDS back in the day was like, dude, it was, it was such this, it it's, was like yeah, the, it was the height, height of the epidemic. Still, it's like COVID. It was like how crazy COVID was now. It was like the AIDS pandemic was, I mean, yeah. just as big and, and, and just as scary. So being able to then, you know, see someone firsthand, like, like, like dealing with this and going through that whole journey that, that, that he went on. I mean, he was mentioned in by Bill Clinton in the state of the union address. Like right. when, what other show on what other planet it would they, has anyone ever been mentioned on, on reality TV for whatever reason on a, on a, on a show in the state of the union address? Like it was just such. And not, and not in a dismissive way. No, not at all not deriding him at yeah. all. Yeah. No, totally. not at all. Uh, so I think that that was great. I think that was like groundbreaking. I think that was the first time the show like really like made it onto such like a crazy, you know, just like, again, global national yeah. stage um, for again, uh, for, you know, issues and, and, and problems and things that like we, we were facing as a country. And then I'd have to say just personally Vegas won just because yeah. dude, a lot of that- people point to that as like when the show changed. That was when everyone's just like, wait a minute, threesomes in a hot tub in Vegas? <laughs> Sign me up. Trishel, what? <laughs> that was a great cast. My favorite um, season is Seattle, number seven, hands yep. down. It's a really, really, really good one. Of course, the slap before the slap when yep. Uh, yep. Stephen hit Irene. Stephen, yep. Um, that was that was a, a great season. I also love Chicago with our friend Kyle Brandt. I love Boston. Boston was a great one. I just really liked that kind of heyday. But I, but like up basically until Denver, I really, I loved it. Um, right after you guys, <laughs> Denver was a good one. Yeah, it was. No, it was. And that's what I'm saying. Like I looked at the casts and I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. So before it was Philly. Awesome. Austin, Texas, sick Denver, Colorado. And it's like, we get marauded on some deserted <laughs> Island in the middle of nowhere. Like, why would you do this? Probably was cheap. They probably got some tax breaks or something. Like Ugh, that, if, so I had, if I had to brutal, guess. Dude. And I mean, the only saving grace of our season, believe it or not, was the hurricanes. Right. That was the only time we got to get out of Key West. We got to go to Orlando. We got to go to West Palm beach. We got to go to Fort Lauderdale and dude. And then, it, you know, fantasy fest, which was this big festival. It was like, it's like Mardi Gras, but even like crazier. That was supposed to be like the saving grace. Like, don't worry, guys. We know it's been a rough time. Fantasy Fest is going to make it all worth it. You guys have a great time. Hurricane hits Fantasy Fest week. So it's like postponed. Then nobody shows up. The final. So it just sucked. It, it just sucked being, I'm 23 years old. I'm on reality TV. I'm watching all these other shows where they get to go to bars and meet all these like girls their age. There was nobody in Key West that was within 
20 years. I mean, I probably the, the youngest person I met at the time was like 35 and I'm like 23. I'm just like, eh, this ain't going to work, you know? So <laughs> it was just, it was just, the, I feel like that's the one thing is that I kind of, I feel like in a way got, got robbed of that experience sure. when, if, when we could have been in a, you know, a little, more, little more metropolitan area. Yeah. Last question. Yeah. Like, well, I guess I'd already done Miami, but yeah, something like that. So it's they can't do the real world anymore for all the obvious reasons. Social media, people know too much about reality TV. People would find it boring. Like, I don't blah, know. Blah, blah. Netflix, Netflix seems to be... Uh, 20-somethings re- was boring. Reinventing the wheel. Sure. But I thought 20-somethings was boring, so they still need to continue to reinvent it in some way. But I don't understand why road rules can't come back. Road rules, you just have to do tasks for money and you they take away their phone and their wallet. Like... That's a golden show. Like, what do you think is standing between like these old school original shows, like making another run and, you know, what we're getting on the challenge these days? Um, I mean, man, I mean, it's, your, your guess is as good as mine. I, I've said this for years. It's like there's a lot of decisions that are made above my pay grade that I look at and I'm like, what? Like, who's who's at the helm here? You know what I mean? I think. um. I think is what it a casting to, problem is it like people who are willing to go on it or what? I mean, I don't know. I think I, I don't. I don't think it's a casting problem because I mean, I look at. I mean, you you've basically got you know the the the, the world as your oyster when it comes to casting. I do think that casting did used to be different though. When you look back at the seasons that were the greatest, you look watch All Stars. You watch the reason that the All Stars season is so good it's not be, not like oh these are these people are greater competitors than everyone else it's like they're better personalities like back in the day the old school challenges the old school real world seasons i think because the casting process was so much more uh just intricate than it is now i think it you just got a better product and you got people who had more more layers and and i feel like again because reality television was still kind of an unknown you got a more authentic version of people. And I think that the oversaturation of reality television and the introduction of social media has really changed um, not just the people who want to go on, but then the version of themselves that they're giving once they do go on. Um, Mm -hmm. It's really hard, I think, to get that authentic version of people in this day and age. So going back to your point, why don't they bring road rules back? I don't know. Um, Maybe that would be a better idea than doing another challenge spinoff because I think at this point, my last count, we have like 75 challenge spinoffs. Give me, um, give me road rules. I don't know. I don't know what to, also because like, the stuff they did was like so silly. It was like working at like a like a gum yeah. factory. Like yeah. it was great stuff. I loved it. I yeah. loved road rules. Living I mean, on it, living on an RV. Like, yeah, yeah. Great. Airstreams are trendy. Let's make it happen. Right. Listen, <laughs> you know what else is trendy? Nostalgia. Yes. Like nostalgia Hence is this podcast. <laughs> seriously, nostalgia is in, man. This is why. And I think it's because like with COVID and with just like everything that's happened over the last few years, like it seems like I feel like we're everyone feels like we're in a snow globe that's been shaken up. And it's like the dust. It's like everything. It's like, what's going on? Like, what's you look at every decade? Every decade has like had something that's like kind of like notable or like cool, whether it's fashion or music or style or whatever. I feel like this decade so far, last year's, it's like, what is this? Like, what, what? (laughs) Where what are we living in? So I, I don't know. Like I don't know, people, bananas. Every day I wake up and I'm like, what day of the week is it? So yes, I, 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 I hear did you. too. <laughs> I thought yesterday was Wednesday. I, I texted you and I was like, oh, I could do Wednesday. You're like, today's Wednesday. I'm like, oh fuck. Yeah. Um, 
But no, I feel like people just have this desire and people have this like for, for nostalgia, whether it's nostalgic TV or nostalgic music or nostalgic whatever. So and that's why I think especially the all-star seasons, the ruled homecoming seasons resonate with, with the fans so much is because, again, this is taking us back to like a different time and a different place. And it's like invoking it's like a with simpler me, time, happier time. I don't know if you I don't know if you play Xbox, but when I play like old Definitely versions don't. of Call of Duty from like eight, nine years ago, I'll go on one of the maps to fight. And I'm like, it'll bring me back to like where I was in that in that time of day. And it's almost like it's almost nice to be back there because I feel like I've, you know, taken a step back in time. Video games, I just don't understand. I just do not get it. But <laughs> bananas, excuse me, John, thank you so much for joining me on this reflection on your time on the real world. It's been an absolute delight. More Ringer Dish coming your way tomorrow. And of course, all the bananas you could ever want on the Ringer Reality TV podcast, Death, Taxes, and Bananas is once a week. And also, if you search for Death, Taxes, and Bananas, just in your Spotify app, we got a whole playlist for you of every episode. So you can just have bananas. I know. I counted them the other because I had to find an episode to post on my thing. And I can't believe how many. I, I, I didn't realize I did that many. I'm like, dude. Yeah, man. We're almost at... Time flies when you're having fun with the Ringer. <laughs> Time flies when you're yeah, on the Ringer. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.